Hello and welcome to the Art of Communication podcast with me, Robin Kermode. Have you ever wished you could become a confident speaker or presenter? Then why not join my online masterclass, Speak So Your Audience Will Listen. In 10 easy-to-follow modules, you can become a confident and authentic speaker. For more information, visit robinkermode.com. Hello, this is Sian Hansen, and welcome to the Art of Communication podcast. I'm here with Robin Kermode. Hello. And this episode is Don't You Just Love Networking? <laughs> Robin, what do you think networking is? Well, most people don't like networking. The reason people don't like it is they feel that they have to network as opposed to just talk to people. Mm. If you said, we're having a party, you go, that's great. Yeah. But a lot of people go, oh, I'm going to a networking do, right? And if you said, I'm going to a party, suddenly it's not an issue. Yeah. So I think it's that people don't behave naturally at these events, which is why they're weird. And are there dedicated networking events now? Many industries will have a networking event for their industry. So you tend to find a lot of doctors in a room, a lot of lawyers in a room, a lot of accountants in a room. And that, I think, is also a weird dynamic, to be honest. Because you're all talking about the same thing. And there's an element of competition about it as well, I think. Oh, of course. So getting into the purpose of networking, why should we network? Well, we want to network because what we want to do is to meet other people who may be able to help us in our business. And that's a perfectly natural thing to do. It's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. And it's perfectly reasonable for us and for other people to do. The problem is that if you have a room full of people all trying to sell themselves, it's weird. Yeah. Success for a lot of people at the end of a networking event is having handed out a certain number of business cards. Okay. Whether or not that leads to anything, but somehow just the act of handing out the business cards, suddenly they feel they've built a network. But that's not a network. That's just handing out business cards. And is there a, a social reason for networking? I mean, it's not always about business, is it? If you're in a particular industry, you might have come across people, but you won't have necessarily met them. You might have come across them on websites, on webinars, in emails, but you won't necessarily have met them. So going to a networking event is a real opportunity to put a face to the name. And once you've got a face and you've chatted to somebody face to face, your next encounters, even if they continue for the next five years by email, you've made that connection. And that goes back to one of your other podcasts about making that connection, making that human connection. And that's what this is all about. This is what Zone 2 is all about, isn't it? Exactly. But you can't make a connection if everybody is selling because everyone's on transmit. Like a battery, you have to have a positive and a negative to make the energy flow. Yeah. If everyone's on positive or everyone's on negative, it can't possibly work. So we're going to an event... And it, those people start panicking at this very, I, at this yeah. moment, that very moment to get, oh, oh my no, goodness, go I'm having to go to this event. Okay, let's just start with the idea that you have to go to this event alone. How do you prepare before you even walk in the door? First of all, we want to look at the nerves. We have done a whole podcast on nerves. And obviously, there are certain breathing techniques you can do. You can breathe into your lower stomach to calm yourself down and these kind of things. I would say another nice thing to do, actually, is to make sure that you're wearing something you feel good in. Because if you wear an outfit that you feel good in, that's going to help. The other thing that I often do is I play music on my phone through my headphones before I go to an event. Depending on the mood I'm in, I put on some music that makes me laugh, makes me smile, energizes me, calms me down, depending on where I am. Music sets the tone for me before I go to the event. But I would say on the music, it's not just about having music that uplifts you, because it implies that somehow you have to go into the room and make an impression. Actually, what we want to do 
is we want to go into the room and we want to have a conversation with somebody. We did a podcast on pitching. Mm. What we discovered there was that no sale should feel like a sale. Mm -hmm. And the same way here, networking shouldn't feel like you're selling yourself. But of course, you are selling yourself, but you're doing it in a much more subtle way. So what we have to do, first of all, is to think, I'm not trying to sell myself here. I'm just trying to connect with people. If you happen to connect with people, that might well lead to them using you in your business later on. So the first mindset is we don't have to go in and make an impression. What we have to do is go in and find somebody to talk to if we're on our own, as you said. Mm -hmm. So we can do some breathing. We can listen to some music. And the other thing we want to do then is we want to think, maybe let's have a couple of subjects in our head we could talk about, a couple of questions we could have that maybe have arisen during the day. You know, did you see this article? Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. So topical things. We could pre-think these because now we go in armed with something. We're not just floundering, thinking, I don't know what to talk about. So we've prepared ourselves because we've done some breathing and we've listened to some music and we've thought about some questions that we want to open with, some general questions. Which we may or may not use, but what we don't want to do is to stand there floundering. So in a very practical sense, you've walked into the room, you're on your own. Do you grab a drink? How do you go and find that first person you're going to talk to? Well, I've had to learn this myself. If you go into the room, the temptation is you think, I'll get a glass of something. Because then you have something in your hand, so you yeah. don't feel so exposed. Mm. So you tend to go to the trays, you grab a glass of water or elderflower or whatever it is. They then stand there with the glass, look around, and they think, who do I join? There's a group of people over there. Do I join the group or will they shun me? And there's a single person. Do I go and talk to the single person? But you've then got to make a move from a standing position to actually go. Mm. And if you see somebody standing on their own and you want to go talk to them, they've probably seen you stand there so they now see a conscious decision of you deciding to then come over. And the whole thing becomes a bit forced. <laughs> Much better, I think, to go in there before you get the glass. You look around and you see someone on their own. You think, right, I'm going to go straight up to that person. You get your glass, you take it off the tray, and in one movement, you go straight up to them. There's no hesitation. So do you think it's easier to approach somebody on their own? than it is a group of people. I mean, what's the difference? I tend to join somebody on their own, because unless I know a group, because they're less likely to shun you. Mm. You know, sometimes if you join a group, you get the feeling that they're having a private conversation, they don't really want you to join. Yeah. But if it is joining a group, there's one fail-safe comment that I tend to do. I just walk up to them, I go, hello, I'm Robin, can I join the party? And very few people go, no, you can't, actually. <laughs> if they do say that, I tend to laugh. I must admit that if I see two people talking together and they've got a really intense conversation going on, I mm. won't approach them. But if it's three or more, then I will. Does that sound about right? You're absolutely right. And I think you're talking about the body language. So if the body language of two people is very close, rather like an intimate conversation, yeah. you think I won't do that. But if the conversation is quite an open semicircle of several people, not really talking about anything specific, you can join them. But if you've got somebody on their own, you want to go up to them. What do you say? What I tend to say is I said, hello, my name's Robin. I don't know anybody here, do you? Yeah. Most of the time they're going to say, no, I don't actually. Hello, I'm Sarah, John, Peter, whatever it is. Now you have a shared experience, which is you're both at this event and you don't know anybody. Oh, so you found something in common so straight there's, away. There's something yeah. in common and it's not so threatening. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never, ever gone to a, an event and said to somebody, hello, I'm Robin, I don't know anyone, do you? And they've turned around and said, yes, I know everyone, you loser. Right? Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's ever said that. right? And the answer is, they're standing on their own, so they probably don't know any people there. No, or, or they may say, I'm waiting for my friend. And I say, oh, great, what does your friend do? And then, of course, a conversation starts and then you're off. Now, when you, you're in a conversation and you're networking, is there anything that you shouldn't say? Is there any question you shouldn't ask? <laughs> I was brought up to understand that there are several things you never talk about in public with people you don't know. You don't talk about 
religion, money, and mm-hmm. you don't talk about politics. Okay. Now, I suspect with the world at the moment, probably politics is on the table for most people. <laughs> money, you don't really want to go up to someone and go, hi, I'm Robin, you know, I earned 15 million last year. But you can talk about money in the abstract, I suppose, in terms of the economy or... Yes, or even what would you do if you won the lottery? I mean, these kinds yeah. of questions. I think if somebody walked straight up to me and said, hi, you know, I'm Jane, what would you do if you win the lottery? I think I was taking part in some survey. So these are subsequent questions. They're not opening questions. Opening okay. questions would be, have you been to an event like this before? Have you heard the speaker before? Is this the industry you're in? These kind of questions. I'm curious how you remember a name. (laughs) Well, I used to be an actor, of course, in my previous life. Now, it was very easy then because everyone calls each other darling. So that's fine. And there's a reason that actors do that. (laughs) Hello, darling, how are you? You don't actually have to say the name. And often you you find it at these events, you say, darling, do you know darling? And you're introducing somebody. (laughs) But the hardest thing, I think, is when you have to introduce that person to somebody else. Often you can carry on quite a long conversation. Hello, nice to see you. How are you? Of course, all this sort of stuff. That's it. It, But then somebody joins you. You can't remember their name. Well, somebody joins you and says, oh, will you please introduce us? Now, There's one trick that I have used in this case. Say you're talking to Sarah Jones, and I can't remember Sarah Jones's name. And then somebody says, so will you please introduce me? I would say something like, I'm so sorry, I can't remember your surname. Now, then she's going to say, oh, it's Sarah Jones. That's right. Now, if I say to them, I'm so sorry, I can't remember your name, it's quite rude. Mm. But if you say, I'm so sorry, I can't remember your surname, Mm -hmm. very rarely is she going to say, it's Miss Jones or (laughs) it's Mrs. Jones, very rarely. (laughs) And then even if they did say that, I would probably use that and I would say, well, clearly this is Mrs. Jones (laughs) and you'd use it. But I think that's one of the easiest ways to get out of that one. Yes. Another way around, of course, is if the person joining your group, if you know their name, what you can do is you can say, this is Marianne Stevens. Let me introduce her to all of you and just do a general sweep with your hand. <laughs> and allow them to introduce and themselves. And allow them to introduce themselves. I have to say, I always introduce myself. Always. I just think there's nothing more embarrassing for somebody than not remembering your name. And I know what it's like on the other side. Yes. So I always come up and I say, hello, really nice to see you again, Robin. Then they say, well, of course, of course, Robin, lovely. I know in their head they're going, thank goodness he told me it was Robin because I wasn't sure. So you're helping them out. So... How long do you stand and talk to the first people that you've engaged with at the party? Okay, this is another whole minefield, isn't it? Do you get stuck with one person all evening or do you move on? I was saying it in a very polite way, but yes, you do get stuck. You (laughs) get stuck. What do you do? Yes, but interestingly, both of you are probably thinking it would be quite nice if we moved and met other people. So sometimes you can be bold and say, it's been a great pleasure to meet you. I've really enjoyed talking to you. We've both come to meet people, so I'll let you go and meet some other people. And actually inside you think, oh, it's quite nice. They've done that for me. But I think we can take the initiative there and do that ourselves. One other tip about leaving people is never have a full glass so that if the waiter comes around and is offering to fill you up, just keep it low because then later on you can say, oh, I'm going to get a refill. Can I get you one? And they often say, no, no, I'm fine. And then, of course, you now have an exit or you can go with them to the bar area and then you can lose them at the bar by meeting other people. I was at a drinks party the other day and I suppose it was very networky. Somebody said to me, one of the best ones I've ever heard, oh, I've just noticed that there's someone leaving who I need to speak to. Do you mind if I catch them before they leave? I thought that was a brilliant one. Oh, that's very good because that's not saying, excuse me, I have to leave. Because then if you're still there... An hour later. An hour later, they say, well, you didn't want to leave and you're using this as an excuse. Yes. But if you say, I had to go and see my friend, that's a very good one. I like that one. Yes. So you're moving from one conversation to another seamlessly. You're breaking it off. After how long, do you think? I mean, how long's too long? 
Well, it's a bit like how long is a piece of string. It really depends on what you want to get out of the networking event. Sometimes you go to an event like this and you think there is a particular person you want to meet, you know, a particular industry specialist. You think, I just want to have a couple of minutes with that person to connect with them. In which case, then obviously you have to keep an eye on the time. Sometimes you go along and you think, well, I'll just meet some people. If I meet some nice people, that's great. And and who knows where it might lead. Mm -hmm. What I have discovered, though, is that the contacts that I thought were going to lead to work often don't. And the ones where you think, I don't think this person could ever give me a job, but I'm talking to them at some networking event and we get on quite well. Often they're the people that say, I can't hire you, but I've got a friend who does need your help. And that's probably because when you met them, you were much more yourself. Exactly. Without selling yourself. Yes. This goes back to what you were saying earlier. Yes. So if you have a room full of people selling themselves everyone's on transmit. Conversations at networking events tend to go like this. You do the names, then you say, what do you do? I'm an accountant. What kind of accountancy? Which firm? How long have you been there? Basically, you're trying to pigeonhole somebody in the career. But I use the word love in the second sentence every single time. (laughs) So somebody says to me, I'm an accountant. And I say, what is it you love about being an accountant? And then what normally happens is they say, hmm, well, i I'm not so sure. I, I used to like it. I'm not sure if I do anymore. And then, and then now you have a proper conversation. Or if somebody says, you know, I've just bought this new car. I'm just going on holiday. You know, we're going on holiday to somewhere. And I said, what is it you love about that place? What is it you love about that car? Or they say, you know, I've got five children. I said, well, do you love having five children? And that's just, well, actually, sometimes it's they very do something tiring. very tiring or whatever it is. But the word love tends to start a human conversation. Whereas if you just pigeonhole people through their careers, it's very difficult to then move on beyond that. Because they go, oh, right. So you've been an accountant for 10 years at that firm. Hmm. Okay. And then where do you take it on from that? Yes, it's a bit like the advice, isn't it? Where they're saying, don't ever say to a child anymore, what do you want to be when you grow up? Instead, and it sounds right, you say to a child, what problems can you see in the world and how would you like to solve them? Or something like that, which is more open-ended. But that also implies that you actually want to listen to the answer. Yes. So the first thing about networking, of course, is also if you ask a question, you have to listen to the answer. And then one thing I was taught when I was very young is that when you leave a conversation, rather than just saying it's been very nice to meet you, if you can listen to one fact that they've said during the conversation and mm-hmm. then you repeat it back to them when you leave. Oh. So, for example, if somebody said, we're going to go on holiday to a particular place or I've got a job interview next week or whatever it is. When you leave them, you say, look, it's been a great pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much. Good luck with your job interview next week. Or I hope you have a lovely holiday in wherever you're going. And what that does is it shows you've been listening. Yes. And it's a rather classy exit as well. So what is a successful outcome? Let's say, I don't know, maybe you have five business cards Is that enough? When do you know when to leave? I think the successful outcome from a networking event is have you made a connection with somebody or some people who will take your call or will read your email down the line? That's all we're after. The networking event is not the time to sell. I've seen so many people actually go straight into the sale at a networking event. That's the wrong time. All you're doing is you're creating a connection so that down the line, you can phone them up and say, I don't even remember we met at that drinks party. I thought this might interest you, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And as a follow-up, I think one of the interesting things to do is to email them with something that again is not a sale. So you can say, I thought you might be interested in this article. Now you've got a double connection. The third time you get in touch with them, you can then say, Would you be interested in my product? Well, that's really interesting. So how quickly do you follow up? Like 
you're in the taxi, you're on the tube on the way home. Do you send it then or when do you send it? Well, I have to say sometimes I've done it in the taxi on the way home. I think it looks a little keen. I would say the next day. One thing that I have started to do is on the back of business cards, if people give me their cards, is I write down on the back of the card something about that person so I can remember who they are. So I would say, you know, tall, thin with glasses or wore a pink tie or wore a yellow dress, this kind of thing. That's helpful. Or I may, for example, say yellow dress, buying a new house next week, this kind of thing. Mm. So then when I follow up, I can't remember who that person was. Yeah. And when you get in front of your computer the next day and you're constructing, did you say an email? Is that the best way to follow up, an email? Well, it depends on how you've left it. If you said maybe we could speak further Mm -hmm. or something. Oh, you're arranged to have a coffee or something. So if you've actually arranged something, then you could probably phone them to say, you know, shall we put that in the diary? Mm -hmm. It would depend on who the person was. Mm -hmm. Robin, I've got to ask you this. Do you enjoy networking? Do you know, it's a really good question. I used to hate it and now I love it. And do you know why? Very simply, because when I first started, I used to think I had to sell myself. I used to think I have to prove to everybody, slightly big myself up, because everyone was doing that. So I felt that was the right thing to do. I felt I was trying to say to people, this is my offering. This is what I do. If you ever need help in this, here's my card. Mm. And I thought I was being rather good building a business. But actually, I think I was probably being a bit pushy in the Mm. the early days. Mm. Now, I go to these events and I think, I'm just going to chat to some people. I never, ever think of it as possibly getting a client. And do you know what? I always get a client because I'm not selling. So for me, networking event is just a chance to go and meet some nice people with no further view at all. If it does lead to something else, fantastic. For me, networking is one of those great pleasures because you walk into a room full of strangers and these strangers all have stories to tell and mysteries Mm -hmm. to solve and just meeting all these new people, I think is just wonderful. It is. I think a lot of people who are not necessarily gregarious find that difficult Mm. because they think it's an effort to have to be Mm. nice. It's an effort to have to ask questions. And so I can see why some people still feel it's hard work. It's like pushing a boulder up a hill. I can feel that. But on the other hand, when I walk in, I look around, I find somebody on their own, then I get my glass and I walk up to them. I think there are a lot of people in this room who hate networking. And all I have to do is to give them a nice evening. I make their evening easy because I ask them lots of questions. I listen to their answers. I show lots of interest. And as a result, they like me. I like them anyway. And life is easy. Robin, thank you so much. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Have you ever wished you could become a confident speaker or presenter? Then why not join my online masterclass? Speak so your audience will listen. In 10 easy-to-follow modules, you can become a confident and authentic speaker. For more information, visit robinkermode.com.